0: I'm really pleased to have joined us for this episode. Is Simon Cooper, who was a key founding figure in Germany Rugby League? Um, hello, Simon. Hi. Uh, hey. how, how are you? Where where are you joining us from, Simon? Um, I live in. I've lived in Germany
1: since uh, 2002. Um, at the moment, I live in the north, but I have lived in the south okay. near Munich.
0: Okay well listen Simon it's going to be you know having worked alongside you in your in your development in Germany I'm fascinated to go over some of the, the some I know and some that will come out but before we look back um I think it's maybe appropriate just for um, uh, you to update people who are listening to this podcast some who who know you and follow you on on Facebook can know that you know life's been pretty tough at the moment health-wise so do you just want to say a, a say a few words on that before we start getting to the real discussion about Germany Rugby League?
1: Yeah, basically in 2016, um, I was diagnosed with a cancer called myeloma, which is a blood cancer, which has links with leukaemia, but it's different. Sadly, isn't it, the cancer that I have has been very aggressive uh, and basically to put things straight, I've got weeks to live, if that.
0: Okay. Well, listen, Simon, thanks for sharing that. Um, And I'm really pleased that you feel like today that you've, you're in a good place health-wise enough to be able to speak. I know that it is daily challenges for you. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time at this difficult time to share your journey with us.
1: Yeah, thank you for the invite. And uh, yeah, not a problem.
0: So, I always ask, you know, people because it fascinates me. What was your first experience um, of of rugby league, Simon? Because it, it was over. It was it being in Halifax where you were brought up. Your first experience. Yeah. I mean,
1: my my father's German and I've got a German heritage, but I was actually born in Halifax, um, grew up watching them um, at uh, Thrum Hall, but I didn't start really playing until um, my twenties my with at Greenland all rounders.
0: Right. Okay, and and what? So you played for Greenland. Did you play? Did you just play purely? That was your club. Did you play any kind of um, alliance rugby for Halifax? No. That, that, no. Well, okay.
1: I did later. Um, I started off at Greenland. Uh, I think I was around about twenties. Well, was mid twenties. I think I was, um, and I asked Halifax um, if I could come and join them, just to be involved with their training and, and learn a bit more about the game rather um, than just turn up at an amateur club and um, play, I wanted to learn more about the game. And Halifax were uh, kind enough with um, Nicky Kiss and um, that, that type of player in, in the late 90s um, to help me develop myself as well.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So take it forward a little bit. You're obviously being somewhere where the game is, is you know, is, is steeped in the game, Halifax. Tell us about your journey that took you over to Germany then.
1: Yeah, my father is actually from Hamburg um, and has been in the UK, um, yeah, probably about since the late 40s, early 50s, um, and I always had a strong um, pull towards Germany, um, even though I was born in England, um, and I wanted to come to Germany, so I managed to ask a few friends that I knew around the Munich area in the south, um, if they could help me get me some work. That was 2001, 2002. Managed to do that. I played a bit of rugby union um, at the time in Munich, but I didn't enjoy it, so um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go on with the story later.
0: Okay so yeah there wasn't necessarily rugby league there so what was you know what was the motivation what was the you know because you were there by yourself you, you, you'd you grown, grown up with some rugby league you enjoyed it so what was your thought process is it was it well I've got to create something I still want to play the game
1: well it's a bit of a strange one this one because it was actually Ian Thompson um we run mm-hmm. on Toronto Rugby League and uh, he was having a, a Rotterdam Nines in 2004, I think it was. And I'd arranged with Ian then to meet up and just, just to meet him really in Rotterdam and um, just have a game of Rugby League. And from that, he encouraged me to, 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 to develop Rugby League in Germany, even though Munich is a lot further south than Rotterdam.
0: OK. And how did you get connected with Ian Thompson? Via the Total Rugby League website, right? Okay, right. Or their so, forum, right? Okay, so you go to Rotterdam, you get to play the game that you really enjoy. Where do you start? You know, wh- wh- what's what's the first move you make when you're looking? I'm I'm, I'm going to play rugby league in in, in Germany. What, what what was your approach?
1: Um, well, I contacted. I think I contacted uh, Ian. Ian suggested I contacted the. Um, I think it was Neil Wood or someone like that at the time. Um, and, and they were looking for someone just before Kevin started, Kevin Rudd, um, to, to try and help people develop a game. So eventually Kevin got the job and Kevin offered me a few advices on how to do things and just, just try and get a game on more than anything. Um, that, that was the key, just to get a game on and get
0: people playing. OK. And when you look for people to play in that game, was it about German rugby union players? Was it about, you know, expat rugby league? Was it from other sports? Or was it a bit of everything that you tried to recruit people? I didn't
1: I didn't have anybody really in, in mind. Um, as I said, I played a bit of rugby union and uh, I had some friends there that I, I managed to um, get playing or get involved in some way. And then I used social media, which... Beginning at the time, um, which helped me um, connect connect with other people, um, rugby union people in in Germany, and I used just some friends as well in Munich.
0: Okay, can you recall the first game you played with them all? Um, I think it
1: was in Heidelberg that 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 was the initial game. We would used the internet and a, a guy called Uwe Jansen. Um, we will go on to later. he he replied and said he had a couple of um, uh, rugby union players that wanted to try out. So I said, well, let's just get a game on. So um, it was 2005 at this time and we used, it wasn't even a 13 aside, it was just a game of nine aside. um, I brought some friends from Munich, some rugby union guys, some just had never played a game of rugby in their life. And uh, Uwe used his rugby union connections and we just got a game on
0: yeah no i can understand that it takes me back to my days of playing student rugby league up in scotland and you just yeah you just uh grab people along say come along come and try it don't you was was that the circumstances where you found yourself playing but you're trying to coach people at the same time make sure that someone was refereeing it properly and doing all the organizing you you end up doing so many different jobs yeah
1: I i was lucky really in that A mate of mine, um, Andrew Kidd, he was an Australian guy. Um, He obviously grew up um, playing the game. He hadn't got any qualifications or or anything, but we used him as as the referee, so that took a lot of weight off my mind and and responsibility. And Uwe sorted his team out. Um, I mean, Uwe's about... I mean, I don't have any contact with Sadie Ruby anymore, but he's older than me. He's about 50, 55 or something. Um, he sorted his team out, I sorted my team out, and we just got a game on. There was mistakes and a, a galab, but the main thing is just to get people playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And not just in that game, but in every time you introduce someone to rugby league, particularly rugby union um players. Did you see that sort of light go on? Of wow, I, I can get the ball in my hands. I've got more freedom. I, I really enjoy this. I wish I'd found it found it quicker. This game is that something you experienced as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. There was um, the good thing is that from the people that you, um, Uwe had in Heidelberg, um, Benedict Rehm and there was another guy, Mert Hottenrott, etc. They just didn't play the game, but they tried to get involved and. Um, they just they just wanted to play the game. They weren't bothered about the politics of it. Um yeah. and they were, and they would travel like Munich to Heidelberg or the other way around. It's like a, um, a ten hour trip, which is part of Germany's problem really. Um but they just loved to they just wanted to play rugby. It doesn't matter what type it is.
0: Okay. Am I writing thinking that um one of the first groups to visit you internationally, was was the Scottish students team that came over? Am I right in thinking that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, again, this is through Kevin Rudder, was a massive support through them early years, for, both for me personally and the German Rugby League, to get it going um, and not just to give in and um, look at the negative side, but also look at how many positives. And Kevin brought um, a Scottish student side tour in, I think he went through Rotterdam or um, or he came to Germany first and then went back up to Rotterdam. And on a Saturday in Munich, in the English Garden, quite a famous park, um, we played nines. um, And Kevin managed to get hold of the British Army as well. So they brought a team down and I got like a German Munich select. So we had four teams. And then on the Sunday... Um, we got Scottish students against the German uh, third team with like Kevin helping and a couple of the British Army jumping in with the German boys just to help us out, really.
0: Sure, sure. And when you start things like this, and you've mentioned some names already, you do begin to gather momentum and people come on board. Was. Who who other who else was coming on board and beginning to help? Because it's you know, you start as a one-man or one-person band and that's great, somebody, but you yeah. quickly need to to surround yourself with 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 people to carry the load, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, well as I said, Uwe jansen in the early years was a he was a big um influence in, in getting people from the Heidelberg area. Um and Benedict Rehm, um he stuck with him a long time. Um and then in the south, for me, um, Leo Berngruber from Bad Reichenhall, um, he played rugby league in Birmingham yep. um, as a student, and then gone back to Germany, set up a rugby union team in the, dark, in the deep um, south of Germany, near, near Salzburg, um, is, is Bad Reichenhall, um, and Leo was a massive influence. In getting things like, um, he he got our first sponsor, um, we organised our first international, um, and just having people like that around took a lot of weight off my shoulders.
0: Sure. And what what, what was that first international, that official first international?
1: We played against um, Austria, which was basically um, Salzburg and Innsbruck Union, And that's again through Leo because of his contacts. Leo set it up, and um, we we also played against Estonia as well away, and um, this is very very early days. This and Anthony Seibold, uh, the Brisbane coach, yeah. um, current one, he made contact with me and said, "Can I come?" And I said, "Well, you've got are you German? What, what's your connection?" He said, "Oh yeah, I've got a German passport, um, and I've got German um, family still still near Nuremberg." So I says, well, yeah, um, and he came and played one game for us against Estonia.
0: Fantastic! That that's that's a great to to have that link. And I I, I knew Anthony um, when he was at London Broncos when I was working there, and he's 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 a very good guy, um, yeah. and 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 you know, so very reliable person in my experience. So to know that he's played a part of or oh, oh, oh. you've enabled him to play a part in Germany rugby league and now he's as you say the Brisbane Broncos head coach How, you know that's a fantastic yeah. link
1: and we also had a, well, we were supposed to play the Dutch in the 13s but um yeah it didn't quite work out that way in Rotterdam and that was the first time the the Kindhorst family and another famous name Dan Stocks that's when they first became involved as well
0: sure so, uh, we touched upon that with Kevin, actually, you know, this world record, the four brothers. Yeah. Uh, I think if people were listening in, they might have thought that it was the four Burgesses, but I don't think um, no, no. Played, at, played at the same time, but it's the four Klein isn't it? So, just tell us, you know, about how they got themselves involved.
1: Well, the, the family's from Bochum, um, which is just over from the, um near the border there, uh, border area of, of the Roland. And, um they, I think they made contact via social media and Dan Stocks did as well via, again, the Total Rugby League Forum. And um, I mean, the two twins, Christian and um, uh, Marcus and Nick, uh, the middle one, uh, they played, but Jimmy, cause Jimmy who obviously went on, has gone on to better things, um, he was only 14, 13, 14, so we didn't let him play. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so they were the prerequisite of the, the world record. So it was three, and then it became four later.
0: Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. And, you know, for all countries go through this period where you're trying to create the sport in the country and domestic, yeah. and of course people want to play for Germany, and then of course you get the the, the 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 heritage players that you know the players from who are based in england and australia so how did you manage that situation uh, simon um to find the right balance between you know players who who are happy at, at times to come over spend a lot of money flying over and be part of it but also making sure that the people who were playing in your domestic competition got a got a reward as well because they were making a lot of commitment
1: yeah definitely um I don't know about anywhere else but we've never pay- paid anybody nobody's ever received any payment even anthony seibold he paid for all his own way to estonia and what i've always tried to do is instill the um the importance and the pleasure to play for your country doesn't matter whether you're um a german heritage player um like the kind or of dan stocks or whether you're a native. But we've been looking that somebody like Dan Stocks, who's from Hemel Starks, has, has had a level head and has freely given up his time to come across and give him coaching courses. The Kind Horse have always looked to, um, in some way, be involved, and they've still got family there as well, which is a key thing. Some of the... maybe. The Mediterranean sides, their families are in Australia and it's not possible or it's difficult to link up. But we've been looking at all or most of our heritage have come from the UK and they've seen the importance of not just putting a jersey on but being involved in training and being part of the team and involving the German lads as well. Um, and the German lads love to, to try and speak their English, because their English is so good as well, that's it's a bit of a bit yeah. problem at times, it's so it's good
0: <laughs> It's really interesting what you say about the again the, that, you know, same with myself I was fortunate to play for a Scotland team that played Ireland uh, over in Dublin um, in nineteen oh nineteen ninety five. 1995 I think it was and we all, we all paid our way including three or four professional players Martin Ketteridge, uh, I think you would know from Halifax, yeah. he played that day for Scotland he paid his money and uh, yeah, but part of that, you know, what was going on—a bit of an adventure, not just the game. Yeah, you know, I remember we all, we all we all got together at Strandra and jumped in the ferry, got to um, got to Dublin late at night, and we're in a in a, in a I realized it was a, a mixed dorm hostel until we woke up the next morning. So, is <laughs> is it, there's a bit of camaraderie, isn't it, when you go on this adventure off exactly. to Estonia, off to Austria? And that 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 galvanizes people, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's more than just putting a shirt on. You go through many experiences and what what I think is important as well is creating them friendships that are there for life. Um, and obviously, many people know my um, situation at the moment via Facebook um, with accounts and everything. Um, and it's not just German boys that have come and offered support and Um, and everything and wish me well and the family but people from Italy, from Serbia, from Czech Republic and um, it's things like that 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 money can't buy or, or somebody like the NRL they can play at a top club but they don't get that experience of playing for their country and the experiences and the friendships that you get from that
0: Sure absolutely and 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 the the shared experiences not just within germany but you know some of the other countries that were going through you know those early years and you mentioned about ian thompson i believe you know he was a, he was a real good yeah. person for you outside of germany as you said you had people inside of germany as yeah. well and, and of course in all this time you were playing for the national team weren't you that that was you know yeah. you, you, what, what give an idea of what sort of player you were
1: <laughs> uh, i could run i could and uh no, I, I use my experiences from, um, from Greenland and Halifax and tried to put that in the field as well. So I was, um, tried to run, try not to do too much fancy stuff, but just try and do the basics. And that's what we've tried to do, especially with, with Dan Stocks. Um, for many years, he was a national coach and the kind horse. They tried to. Encourage just, just do the basics. Just keep hold of the ball, and and that's what, that's what I tried to do. Um, just, just be myself. Not anything, not anything fancy or anything.
0: Sure. You talked a little bit about the relationship with rugby union. Yeah. Um, and many countries have been through this. You know, there's there's the difference between your know, competition, you know, uh, and you know a bit of competitive tension and. But also then moving into the more discriminatory. What, what what was your experiences at the time with the relationship with rugby union?
1: Yeah, they weren't good, to be honest. Um they didn't really want us around, especially in Heidelberg. Heidelberg is the probably the like the capital of German rugby union. And and when we came looking just to develop the game, they weren't too pleased. Um 2007 we played Serbia um, and there was a, a couple of incidents and sadly Kevin Rudd had to get involved um, and also afterwards um, he tried to use the, the paperwork and, and go down the official route and Kevin was a great calming influence at that time both for me and many of the German um, rugby league boys that we didn't just Um, do anything daft or stupid but that Kevin through the way that he he is um, sadly didn't work in this case but he he kept us calm and didn't allow us to lose focus of what we were trying to do.
0: Yeah I think he actually he engaged him An MEP, uh, a member of European Parliament, I think from Wigan, Brian Simpson, to try and ask yeah. some questions in the European Parliament. I think a, bit of, a little bit of pressure on the German sports ministry to highlight that this this was not the right way to go about things in terms of Rugby yeah. Union's approach to Rugby League. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously Kevin's not just a calming influence um, on the field, but off the field, and he's also got the contacts and and things like that. Um, in as we say in the MEPs and, and things like that and sometimes it's very easy to just go shoot it off and do daft stuff um, but Kevin certainly kept me calm Um and I just gave him the work really of sorting the problem out while I could just concentrate on or we could just concentrate on trying to do our development work and I really appreciate Kevin's work um hard work at that time.
0: Yeah, sure. No, I, I recognise all those attributes you talk about with Kevin, absolutely for sure. And you talk about we, and you know, I presume you're talking about the, the, the you know the other administrators and coaches, but yeah, you know, you tend to get the family involved in these things as well, don't they? It's a bit all consuming. Is that the same in your case? It 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 can be. Um
1: I mean I didn't I mean, family-wise, I, I, I didn't I have a girlfriend at the time until 2007, fortunately she became my wife. 2007 uh, we met, um, and she has gone through so much, not just because of the cancer, but um, but also because of the rugby league. But we've we've always gone as a family, and we've always encouraged that the German rugby league move as a family, so it's not, not just a boy's, Weekend out, but that the wives and the girlfriends of all the players um, are invited, um, and that they are part of the German Rugby League, um, and I think that has helped us develop really, and 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 the, the the boys feel that it's not just a boys' night out that they can take the wives and girlfriends, and that. Um, they can enjoy their experiences, and and for kids like that to go to some some place like Belgrade or or something is an is an experience.
0: Yeah, sure. No, the experiences, as you say, on and off the field is so important. When looking back, what other highlights would you want people to know about, or moments, or people who are involved that you would want want to just uh, you know let people you know have an insight into.
1: Um. I think there's so many. Um, just travelling and the experiences you get from that. Um, people say are oh, study and everything, but sometimes it's just nice for a weekend to go to a place like Prague, play rugby league, be well looked after by the Czech rugby league or the same was in Belgrade um, and, and um, uh, Amsterdam or Rotterdam or something like that. Them experiences are something that we can offer uh, young Europeans, Germans, or no matter where they're from, and I think it's important we we use that more um, in developing countries. Highlights of the game, just just putting on a national jersey is the highest honour I think anybody can have, um, and when you get the chance to put on a jersey, which I, me and Dan thought at the time that Jimmy would play professional rugby league in some form, but when you see him then turn out a few years later at Wembley and think, oh, I've played with him, we've trained together, or Anthony at Brisbane, yeah. um, you think, oh, well, I've played with, with Anthony, top block, and, and there's when you're watching the game then on TV, you, you've got an even closer relationship, or we... We have in Germany with the guys like Jimmy uh, and his family. We, I mean, it's not just Jimmy. His whole family have been brilliant in supporting us. Um, and Anthony has a brother, Damien, um, at the Capras, uh, coaching the captain in the Queensland Cup. Um, and he's very similar to Anthony. Um, and he's, he's helped the German guys. Um, look after them when they've gone on travels. I mean, he's looked after Christian Kainos of, and things like that. So, it's, as I said, it's more than just playing the game of rugby league.
0: Sure. It's, it's an amazing leveller in some ways, you know, that sort that, of that people who've pulled on the jersey when, when you've not necessarily got lots of levels of playing and so on. The people coming in from all sorts of different situations and to have that wonderful mixture of, of, as you say, about Anthony and, and the Klein horse, you know, Jimmy, you say, going on to professional careers. But there's some wonderful people who who are just so grateful for the fact that they could also pull on the national jersey because it meant exactly the same to them, didn't it? Um, yeah. Whatever they went on to do in rugby league, you know, after that, because it just matters, doesn't it, to wear that international jersey and to say, I'm pulled it on and I'm walking out in the park with my teammates yeah. to play for country.
1: I mean, there's... We talk about the kind horse and and um, people like Anthony etc. But just as important are the, are the local players, the native players. Um, they might not be the best. Um, they might not understand all the game and all the rules. But they put their money, they put their heart into it. And um, people like Benny Rim and at the moment there's others like uh, Yannick Hagenau. Um and um Maui I don't know if you know Maui in Munich. Um yep. he, he's now stepped up and become involved and helped um the current president Bob Dalton, who's done a fantastic job in reforming um the German rugby league after a few problems. Um they them people that that most people would never know um about in rugby league, who's Yannick Hagenau and who's Maori Amanfea and um, etc who's Leo Berngruber they, they were or are a massive part of um, German rugby league and there'll be other people in the Czech or Serbian or Greek, Italian that are just as important as
0: the big names Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more there and it must be there must be quite a bit of pride for you to 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 see players who you introduced to the game now doing the role that you did. that that's that must be a pretty special thing.
1: yeah, I mean, due to my circumstances, um, it's tough. um and I've had to give up everything that I mean I'd love to stay involved in development and everything, but sometimes life is not like that. Nobody gets a guarantee. Um people like me and Rob Burrow, we we hope to live till 70, but life's not that we we face a new challenge. But it's great that certainly from from a German development side, um, that there's people willing to come in and fill in the gaps and continue the work that me and, and some of the, the the originals like um Leo and um, Uwe Janssen and uh, Benny Rehm and, and, and people like that Max Schoengen is another one that was um, studied in England and, and, and then um, came and played rugby league in Germany and set up, tried to get the game going um, it's great and it gives me a sense of pride that it's not just about what what we've done but the whole history is important. And um, people like Bob and Mauley see the importance in that. Uh, and they keep that development work going despite the hardships that are still going on.
0: Uh, listen, I, part of this podcast is to to, to be able to record that and 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 keep forever that history. Um, and without doubt, Simon, you know, you put down the foundations to to build what has been and, and what will come in the future. Um, what, um, what what when you look around now, Europe, you know there's a lot more activity, but there's still places where the game is not necessarily played. Around the world, indeed. What would be your advice to somebody who finds himself as the modern day Simon Cooper in a country with no rugby league? What would be your key advice to them? Um. Just don't give up. It's very, it's
1: very easy to, to give up when when the hardships come along, or just to get the game going, or just to get, just to get some people on a field. But you don't have to play thirteen a side to play rugby league, or even nine a side or seven. Just get a group of guys with a rugby ball, and just say, let's get a game on. Um, and use the, the contact I mean fortunately, the the contacts at the hourAF are there now I are mean, in a better situation than when I first started and, and others um, but use the, just just get a ball get, just get a play um, and and see and see where you go nobody knows what's gonna happen nobody expected in 10 15 years time uh, from from the early 20s um, that we would have so many nations playing the game or interested in the game.
0: Uh, listen, Simon, there is something about this sport, isn't it, that whenever you start playing it, as you say, it doesn't have to be a full thirteen aside. It, for most people, it kind of resonates, and it, and you think, yeah, I want, I want a bit more of this. And it's yeah. and it's people like you who've been, who've been passionate and and to supply that more bit, you know, and that's that's a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah. That's the main thing. Just just get a ball. Well, you don't even need a ball. I mean, I remember Anthony, again, probably because of his experience, he says, you don't need a ball to play even rugby league. Just use a shoe or a can. Just just anything to just get a game started. And from that, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and it's important also to use the development tools that we have at the RLA, we have People like Martin Crick, for example, who comes um, and, and does the basics of just playing a ball and, and things like that. You're never alone now. Um, you've also got the students that, that do regular tours. Um, and that's the main thing, really. Just go out there and enjoy it and just play a game of rugby. And it will turn into rugby league in some form. And then you just block by block build it.
0: Sure, great advice. Thank you for that, Simon. Listen, Simon, thank you ever so much for giving your time. Um, I know that it's a it is a, a daily battle for you uh, in terms of your health, and 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 um, I hope that you know by doing this podcast, an opportunity for you to make sure that the history is is recorded of Germany rugby league and through through this podcast. So that's brought you some positivity and some comfort at this time because it's been a real joy to hear about your story.
1: Thanks, Graham. I mean, it's not easy um, for anybody in life, but life is sometimes like a game of rugby league. It's a challenge and the, the challenge that I've got realistically is I've got weeks to live. I could be negative and, and, and allow things to get on top, but um, the rugby league has given so much to me that um, it's fantastic over this last three or four years that I've had the disease, that I've never been alone, that the family of the Rugby League, not just in Germany, but around Europe, around the world, have been so supportive. And as I said, there's no guarantee with life, just make the most of it and the same with Rugby League. There's no guarantee. That you're going to get um, playing a World Cup, but there is a, But you can just get to play the game and enjoy the experiences that bring.
0: You know that that's um, it's no surprise, but always great to hear how the family of rugby league supports one another. It is really at the core of this sport, um, and it's it's great to hear that you've benefited from it, Simon, because you've given so much to others. So. I'd like to on behalf of the, the Rugby League European Federation um, and all those involved in Europe and across the world just to say thank you. Thank you for what you did in Germany. And we wish you as, as much time with us, you know, and and, and you stay positive, and And um, we really do hope that this podcast has given you a, a really good positive chance to reflect on all the things you achieved. Yeah, thanks, thank Simon. Thank
1: you, Graham. Thanks, Graham, And thanks to the people out there as well for just listening to me.
0: Okay, folks, that's uh, that's our second um, podcast uh, finished. Um, we look forward to the third one in a couple of weeks' time. Um, obviously, it's still difficult times for everybody in turn of the coronavirus. And uh, we hope you stay healthy and safe. And perhaps, um, you know, speaking to Simon there, that uh, puts a little bit of context that we've all just got to look after ourselves and look out for each other. Thank you. <laughs>